Hello and welcome to MetPod, the official CPD podcast for Maiden Early Trust staff by Maiden Early Trust staff. In each episode, we are joined by a member of Trust staff to share their area of expertise, interest or research in the hope that it will inspire our listeners to try out something new in their own practice. I'm Chloe Bateman, a history teacher at Maiden Early School, and I will be your host for this episode of MetPod. I'm delighted to be joined today with Steph Hyde, who is an assistant head of year at Key Stage 3 um, and also an English and drama teacher at Kendrick School in Reading to share with us her amazing action research project into students and social media, in particular students' social media usage on a day-to-day basis and also an analysis of the impact of this on students' welfare within school. So this is a topic which I'm sure that we are all very much aware of and we will all have our own opinion on. So we're set for another really interesting episode, I'm sure. So Steph, I was wondering if you could start just by introducing yourself, maybe telling us a little bit about your career pathway so far. Yes, so um, my name's Steph and um, essentially I I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher, um, particularly in English and drama. So I went to university and I got my undergrad in CSM professional practice. Um, I then went to the University of Reading and I got my PGC in secondary English. Um, and then I've been teaching for about four years now and have been at Kendrick for two years. So been here a short amount of time, but uh, I'm, en- I'm enjoying it, loving it. Brilliant. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a nice little, a little tale there for your, for your teaching career so far. So you did an action research project. It was last year, wasn't it, you did this? Yeah. Yeah. So why did you choose this topic and what were you in particular seeking to investigate within that field of students and social media? So I think for me, because last year was my first year at Kendrick, um, one thing that I was wanting to do was just understand the school a bit better. Um, not only just kind of the, the obviously the teachers, the school itself, but just the students in particularly. Um, how do these students differ from any other students? How are they similar from students? But also I wanted to learn about the barriers that some students at our school may have, um, not just kind of academically, but also pastorally, which is where my kind of research delved a bit further in, um, because I wanted to make sure that the research that I come up with was able to make a difference and have a whole school impact. Um, So that's kind of where it went from there. Yeah, I think that's really important, isn't it, actually thinking like what impact is this going to have and is that impact going to be wide enough for the research to to be worthwhile and action research is something that we do talk about quite a lot on MetPod and I think it's an activity that has huge benefits for teachers at any stage in their career so I was wondering if you could kind of talk us through how you went about actually designing the action research project itself. So I all started with kind of figuring out what did I want to look into and I knew that personally Um, In terms of my career, I did see myself going down more the pastoral route than going down kind of the head of department route. Um, So I really wanted to kind of put my focus there. And I was having a look at the curriculum, um, as well as just conversations that I was was hearing with students. Um, And one topic that kept coming up over and over again was their use of social media. Um, And I think at the minute we find with technology changing literally every day, so is their use of social media. So I proposed these ideas to my head teacher, Chris um, and Nick, and told them that this was something that I wanted to do. um, And they were really supportive of that. And I was able to then start my research, which included a whole staff and student survey. So I could figure out the misconceptions and the gaps that were between the staff's understanding Mm -hmm. of social media and then the students' understanding of social media. 
Um, and then it kind of just um, evolved into looking at whole school. What, what kind of gaps are we finding? Um, did we, the apps that we thought students were going on, are they actually going on it? How long are they spending on it? Um, how does that overall impact their well-being? Um, and Miss Lace, um, the head of PSCHCE, she was able to provide me with lots of extra information because obviously it links with um, that curriculum too. Um, and then from that, I had, I mean, our school, there's around 800, 900 students. Um, I had about 700 students reply back. To oh, that wow. Thing. That's amazing. It was a huge, it was a lot of data. <laughs> there was a lot of things I had to go through, but it was super informative. There were things on there that we weren't surprised by. Um, and the, the, some of the gaps that I was predicting were there. Um, but actually, it established me with a better sense of what the school was about. Um, what was impacting the students and actually then it allowed me to progress with sharing those findings with the staff, with the governors um, and working quite closely with Chris as to what we can do with this evidence um, and with this data going forward. Yeah, I think that's what you were saying there about the gap between like staff knowledge and student knowledge. I think that that's so important because actually, you know, as you know, being older than teenagers ourselves, um, it, you can have a skewed perception of what is actually going on when you speak to students. I remember saying about WhatsApp and students looked at me as if I was really outdated and out of touch, whereas for me, that's something I use every day. So I, I do think that's a really, really important element. And it's amazing that you've got such a large kind of sample size of, of your cohort as well. So what did the investigation reveal then? So when I was looking at the data overall, um, one of the things that stuck out to us was the usage that students were spending. Um, when we were looking at the data on staff, we, we expected they would be spending maybe an hour or so, but actually when looking at the data, some students were spending up to three hours a day on mm. social media, so straight away once they get home. Um, the issues that I kind of covered uh, were linking to a report that Ofsted put out um, in relation to topics in PSHC, so it was to do with relationships, um, was to do with uh, safeguarding topics as well. So I kind of asked them, what did they feel confident with, as in the students, what topics did they feel like um, were confidently delivered and what areas did they want to talk about? Mm -hmm. And again, the research didn't surprise me as much as what I, I thought it might have, um, but it did show some areas that, again, we then kind of spoke about um, as to what we could then do with it. So just kind of having more of those transparent conversations and also um, not being afraid to talk to them about the use of the social media and being a little bit more entwined with what social media they are using, hmm. um, especially with the likings of things like TikTok, um, which you'll probably be very familiar of. So. <laughs> I think that's, I mean, what's coming through, I think is just the fact that it's actually opened up that kind of conversation about it, which is really important that students are talking about it and staff talking about it and that those conversations are actually kind of coming together in some way so it feels like you might have facilitated that quite a lot yeah and I think it was also really nice as well that the the sheer amount of responses that I got from both students and staff um I think it also allowed them that opportunity just to feel heard um mm. and it, I think one thing that I really love about my school anyway is that there is that transparency there already but I think as someone who's just joined the school as well um it also allowed you know multitudes of students to then speak to me too mm. um, so I think that was quite nice in my introduction to the school um, and kind of going forward with that yeah no I think I think it's a really action research that takes you just outside of your own classroom I think is 
really powerful because as you say you get to know the school better but also then you feel more embedded within the life of the school as a whole generally which is which is always a, a really really good kind of outcome of it um, aside from obviously the actual findings of it so I know you said that there wasn't much that surprised you was there anything that kind of stood out in particular that you would noteworthy I think what was quite reflective for us is to realize how well we do embed these topics into the curriculum already yeah. um, especially when we were looking at the figures of what the students felt were confidently taught pretty much all of the topics that I was mentioning they felt were confidently delivered and that ranges all the way from year seven all the way to year 13 um, so what it tells us is that what we're doing is right and good and informative which is great of course and again it just allows us to view how successful we are in particular areas too yeah definitely and how did your school or you um, or both respond to these findings that came out of your research yes so there was we, there was quite a lot actually <laughs> um so first of all once i kind of gathered all the findings um i presented them back to chris um and she was really supportive and then from there it then got presented to the governors of the school so actually including the governors within the responses too um, the staff also then got to use them too and again i know that that was used quite heavily within kch3 and going upwards because actually it showed for what i was able to do with the research is break it down as whole school but also individual key stages yeah. so i sent that data over to the heads of uh, that particular key stage so they could have more refined research so um i would like to think that of course they, they then used it um, and then from there, there's been kind of ongoing conversations as to how I would like this research to go further. Um, so one thing that I would like to try and implement is a student podcast, um, which is currently in the works, where actually they get to talk about their well-being, their feelings, and it's something that can be shared in cheaper time. And um, so that's currently something that is like an ongoing um, project, but also in my new role, which I would like to think I got a lot of influence by because of uh, the course I did. Yeah. I can now start doing more specific research into PCH3, hopefully. So that's all in the works. So that, that sounds absolutely brilliant. I really like the idea of the, the student podcast. So is that yeah. going to be like a kind of student voice opportunity for them then? Yeah. So uh, my intentions behind it is that it's mainly student led. So, of course, I will be there to help support and uh, look over the script, things like that. But it allows them just to have a little bit more ownership and um, already bring or, or kind of bring this sense of community that's already in Kendrick, uh, Kendrick, but just give them more opportunity to have their voice shared. Um, I think that's quite nice. I think if one thing I definitely got from the, the data is that they appreciated their, their voices and each individual comment being uh, read. So yeah. that's the thought behind it. So I know one thing that you've thought about quite a lot is the wider implications of your findings for schools that want to ensure that they're delivering and um, the new relationships, health, sex education, and all of the other kind of new policy that's come out um, surrounding like personal development, PSHE, in recent years. And I know a lot of schools are kind of re reviewing, going back to trying to improve that at the moment. I know that's something that, that we're certainly doing here. So what do you think those implications are and what kind of advice would you give to schools based on the research you've done about a really kind of key part of, of that framework? I think one of the most important things that I would stress is evidence based research. Mm. So if you're wondering how to implement certain ideas or um, you're wondering about how would the curriculum work for your school, I think getting that evidence from the students themselves, from the staff themselves is really telling and making sure that 
from that, you can then liaise with whoever's head of PSHCE and have those conversations with them, because actually you're never going to get a better set of evidence than from your own school. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you can do all the research in the world, but um, to find it specifically for your school to help um, enhance your school or help add to the curriculum, it's finding that evidence-based research within the school itself. Yeah, I think that's that's such an important point because it's very, you know, and a starting point really should be with actual research. I do think have a look at, you know, what research is out there already so you can see where that fits within it. But as you say, there's there's nothing better than thinking, well, how do these national trends or how does this national policy, how does that actually translate to what's going on on the ground in my own particular context, my own students, my own staff? And I, I think the action research in your own school, as you say, that that is really the, the amazing benefit of it. Um, and it's, it's really clear that that's obviously been massively helpful for your school. Um, just a little bonus question here. What advice would you give to any staff who are thinking they would like to take part in or con conduct their own action research on, on the back of what you've been talking about? I think ask. <laughs> I think that's one of the, the basic advice that I would give. Just ask. I think um, a lot of the time when people want to try and do action um, research projects or evidence research projects, um, maybe they're a little bit hesitant to do so. I mean, especially with me starting my career there, it was my first year here. Um, that can maybe be seen as quite nerve wracking, but as soon as I approach Chris and Nick to ask, can I do this? I really want to do this. I think I, I think we could get something from this. They were 110% supportive. And actually throughout the whole entire process, I've met up with them and we've discussed where I'm at, what extra support I need. So I think just ask. I think that's the main thing I would do. And um, don't be afraid to also speak to other schools as well. Um, because e even for me, throughout the project, um, there was a position of assistant head of PCH3, and I even spoke to one of your colleagues who gave me some advice. She spent oh, yeah. half an hour on the phone with me, didn't didn't know her before that, um, and now I'm uh, assistant head of PCH3. So just ask. There can, there can be no uh, problems. There's no questions unanswered. I think that's the right thing. Yeah, I, I think you know. I think that's such an important piece of advice. And also as well if people are thinking like well what could the research project be on and they don't have that direction there's there's no better people to speak to than people in your own school who can say well actually a priority area for us at the moment is this so therefore a bit of research on that would be helpful or you know if it's coming out of your own experience as you say just go and speak to people and if you're doing something that's going to contribute to the life of your school and your students and staff then you know it would be, it would be mad to say to say no to that and somebody who who is as keen as as you obviously are about this so um i think this all sounds absolutely brilliant it's been a real pleasure to um to speak with you and to hear about not only that project itself but also the process that you went through and yeah. some of those really really practical tips and tricks that you can offer to people in a similar position yeah and i think as well if i could like suggest anything else is just try try this course I literally saw this advertised via an email um, and straight away kind of saw it. And again, like I said, the SLT are so supportive because they want you to be able to do this research. They want to support you in that because at the end of the day, it's helping you progress, but also it contributes towards the, the school overall. So definitely if you see these kind of courses come up, I would I would recommend definitely taking them. There's no harm in doing it. So you did the um the pastoral leadership development program yeah. with Maiden Early Institute, is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah.
So that's actually something we are kind of promoting at the moment. So um, if people oh, do perfect. want to, yeah, there we go, great advert. Um, if people do want to check that out, then um, please do look up Magnolia Institute and look at the brochure of different courses that are on offer. Um, you obviously a great success story that's come out of that because it's helped you as well in terms of getting your, your next post too. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah. So no, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure to to speak with you today. Um, and I wish you all the luck with um the rest of your career. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> um, I hope everyone else has enjoyed this episode as much as we have enjoyed uh, recording it. And I will see you next month for the next episode of MacPod. Mm -hmm.